What's up, y'all? This is your boy, Monster Lung, and welcome to Monster and the Man Podcast. I'm your boy, Monster Lung, and I'm with my brother from another, Bobby Stamps. How you doing, Bobby? Monster, 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 man. Football is almost here. I am doing golden, man. I am golden. How's everything? <laughs> How's everything with you, man? I know you were out of town last week. Um, man, you you were a fortunate guy. Went up to Martha's Vineyard with, with the kids from your program there at West Virginia. Oh, to the uh, it was it was the black yes. uh, movie festival. Is that what it was? Yes, it was Black Film Festival. Black Martha's, Film Vineyard, festival. Martha's Vineyard's Black Film Festival, the seventeenth year. It was uh, awesome. It was my first time though, but it was a um, awesome time. Great, great experience for our students. Um, they got to you know hobnob with some high coast celebrities. Oh, uh, wow. uh, saw some amazing movies. One movie we saw that I know that you can relate to, um, Brian Banks' story. Yes. Yes. I'm sure. Yes, and you know, because he he was a Falcon, am I correct? Yeah, he was. He was in camp. Yes, he was. Yes, yep. yes, and uh, that's an awesome movie. Anyone, yeah. it's, it's it's not just the sports movies. It's anyone who's dealing with adversity and 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 um, overcoming any kind of obstacles in their life. This is a movie you need to see. Go support the Brian Banks movie. But uh, they got to meet the director Terry Whitley, Terrell nice. Whitley. You know, billionaire. Black Panther producer, uh, been in many, many movies. Um, it was just a great, great time. And Martha's Vineyard is beautiful. Just, oh, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to see the movie. I can't wait to see it because, uh, you know, with, with following college football as closely as I do, and, and, you know, now you can't follow college football without you, – you're going to be drawn into the recruiting part of football. And I remember Brian Banks as a high school player and as a recruit. Um, and, and so I remember, you know, all the steps that led to his incarceration um, right. and, and, you know, for him to, you know, for, first for the, for his conviction to have been overturned, um, yes. you know, although he, he did unfortunately have to, to go away for a while, uh, you know, for him to be a free man now to have been vindicated, uh, he got his chance in some NFL camps, but you know, it would the these that deck was really stacked against him at that point, having been out of the game for so long. I mean, um, he did six years of prison, Bobby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, and you know he goes in as what an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's you know a lot of people in his position would not have made it out, and right. the right. fact that he made it out, all I can say, man, is God bless him, and I every blessing that is bestowing upon that young man is very well deserved and i wish him nothing but the best and i can't wait to see the movie it, it was awesome and the, it, he works with the innocence project innocence project is um a program organization that works on um overturning um players overturning inmates that are um um presumed guilty but are innocent Right. They take on they take on cases like that, and I've worked with that program before here at my job. Our department we um we work with the Innocence Project through the West Virginia University Law Department. Right, and uh, and uh, they just you know they do a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, and uh, it's a great organization. And then to see that happen on screen, that was amazing. Yeah, I bet. Oh, bring the bring the tissue, bring the tissue. You gonna oh, need I bet. It. I bet. I can't wait, man. Well. We're on the we're we're into football, man. I think we're two we're we're basically a week and a half as we record on on this uh, Wednesday, the sixteenth of August. No, what are we on the the fourteenth of August? Excuse me. Um, it's the twenty fourth, Saturday, the twenty fourth. We have college football, live games that mean something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we're 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 right around the corner. Every camp is is in full go. Yes. I walked outside just the other day and I smelled the grass and I tackled my neighbor. Um, <laughs> you know, he he um, I think he I think he'll be okay. But I, you know, this time of year, when we smell that cut grass, man, it just if if you're a man that ever played football and you smell some fresh cut grass this time of year, and it don't pep you up a bit. I and I don't know what to tell you, and and um, I, love it. I know I know the man. exact smell that you're talking about, man. Man, and you know what he, you know what he though, two, two yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They, you know, they they they've kind of they're frowning on two a days now, man. These these um administrators and and whatnot are, are getting softer, but you know a, another thing they've they've put in so many of these synthetic turf fields, and mm. and and you know it's unfortunate because these kids will not relate football to cut grass yeah. uh, a- a- anymore, but, but they I did, do. And I they feel did it to my high school. They did it to my high school. Yeah. They put that I mean, class in there. It's, it's yeah. everywhere, man. It's in, it's in the schools down here. It's in, you know, where Powell, my nine-year-old plays little league football. They have the, the synthetic field. Wow. And every field he, I don't think he played on a single grass field all last year. But i tell you what, as a player, I used to like playing on those synthetic fields. I mean, just the way they looked. They they yeah. had that, but I know what you're saying about the grass. There ain't nothing like it, and and definitely when you hit when you smell that in August, you know it's that time of the year. You really do. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And it, it is that time of the year, man. I know uh, I know everybody up there in, in Mountaineer country is, is is just geeked up, ready to see what Neil Brown is going to bring yeah, uh, to man. to the Mountaineers. Um, you know what we, what are you hearing up there? What's um? Uh, I know y'all have a quarterback battle going on with with one of your ex students. Trey Lowe, yes, a uh, couple of guys. He's battling with a couple of guys for the job. What's what's the latest on that? What's going well, on? He had we had a scrimmage on Saturday, and um, from what I, from what I heard, I wasn't here because you know I was traveling. But uh, Trey had a good day. Trey had a good day. Yeah. He's he's battling with our, the transfer from Oklahoma, right? Uh, um, Kendall Austin and um, and um, Jack Allison, who was here last year. Okay, and um, seems like Jack and um, Kendall are both kind of like pocket passes. You know, you'll. But Trey's more of an athletic quarterback. But he had a good day. But overall, Neil said he didn't like the quarterback room's play. Well, that's, um, yeah, yeah. And um, said the defense looked okay. Defense one looked good. Offense two looked good. And uh, he said something that really caught my eye. That I've, so far, with Neil Brown, I'm liking him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Hogerson, he, like I said, he put out players. I like because he put players on Sundays for Mountaineers. He he got a lot of players in the league, but he wasn't too personable. You know, he did. He, you know, he wasn't locally. You know, he rubbed us wrong a little bit. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we tolerated. We tolerated Hogan. But right now, I like Neil. He seems like um, he's real authentic. Right. Um, I'm feeling that. He said something the other day that I really, um, really caught my um, my ear. He said that we got to get to the point where when we play bad. We're still in the game. He says, right now, when we play bad, we really play bad. Right. You know, and he's like, you know, he says, we got to get to the point to where we're playing bad. We should still be still be able to be in the game. So I thought it was a good thing that the defense is stepping up. You know, defense is um, looking good. And um, he might be having an issue with being a first-year coach. Another, another quote I heard him talking about was that it, he had to tell players that, Certain players on the team who consider themselves ballers, and he said that was their name, is that um, they got to get out there and put on the work, and that the videotape will let you know if you're balling or not. And 
you know, to me when he said that, I was like, oh, he must be having some some new leadership leadership issues, some yeah. some, some some divas. You know, we were pretty successful last year. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know, we was really seen in the, um, got a lot of prime time last year with Will Greer, yeah, and, uh, and our <laughs> players and David Steele's, but yeah. But I'm we're we're pumped. I'm waiting to see what he does. I, I'm liking the coach so far, and I'm really push. I'm really, like I said, I'm invested with Trey Low. But you know, I'm a mountaineer, and whatever we decide to go with, we're gonna we're gonna run it. Right. But yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to man. Football is right around the football college football right around the corner, and I know it's big down there in Georgia. Man, that's that's all that's that's going on here, man. You know, I kind of feel sorry for the Braves, because uh, because you know the Braves. You know, pretty much for what twenty five years now, there's been a couple of outlier seasons where they haven't been contending. But the Braves, you know, in this year they're leading the division by six games at this point, which is they weren't expected to do. Everybody's been excited about the Braves all summer, but this time of year, mm. everybody's attention just kind of drifts away from the Braves and and into their respective colleges. Obviously, mine is Georgia. Uh, here, where I'm at in the, in the Atlanta area, it's Georgia's the premier team. Um, right. And we're excited. We're looking good coming into this season. We're expecting big things. We're expecting a, a playoff run. Um, so far, the key, knock on wood, is we've been <laughs> healthy through camp. That's the, the, the most important thing with camp is staying healthy. Um, right, right. We, we have not been bitten by the injury bug yet. Right. Uh, return a lot of key guys, as you know. Um, everybody's excited about, you know, what Kirby Smart is doing down here. Obviously, Kirby was a Georgia guy, uh, right. played here uh, in the mid-90s, um, ended up coaching. He was, you know, his dad was a high school coach here, so he had a lot of relationships, comes to Georgia, um, and he coaches on a few staffs. He actually, speaking of Hogerson, was on the Valdosta State staff with Dana Hogerson. How about that? Dana Hogerson, Kirby Smart. Uh, and Will Muschamp were all on the same staff at Division II Valdosta State back in the wow. 90s. Uh, wow. Wow. Kirby, I, I think Kirby was making $8,000 a year to be the mm. defensive coordinator. So uh, all those guys have made good now. Um, no no worry about who's paying for dinner if they all get together now. But, yeah, Kirby um, ended up linking up with Nick Saban. And, and um, you know, even though he's a Georgia boy, he – he kind of left the roost for a little bit, which I think worked out well for everybody. But, right. um, you know, things are looking good here. We got a couple of good young guys. We got a lot of young guys, actually, that we're um, really excited to see. A couple that stick out early in camp. We have a kid named George Pickens that uh, is from Hoover, Alabama, right outside of Birmingham. Uh, he was, it was expected that he would go to Auburn. I think he was the number one or number two wide receiver, depending on what publication you look at. Uh, and just one of those physical freak type of guys, six, three, six, four, 200 plus pounds can jump. I mean, has hands of Velcro. Uh, we're really excited to see what he's going to do. He chose Georgia, uh, over Auburn, mm. which is hard to go into Alabama and get players. Uh, from Auburn and Alabama, but Georgia did that last year with two five-star guys, um, yeah. which I'm sure made Gus Malzahn and Nick Saban uh, a little upset. But we're looking for big things out of him. Also, we're excited about Zamir White. All uh, reports that I'm hearing from camp uh, is that Zamir White is back. Zamir White was the number one running back in America 
a couple of years ago, uh, or the 18 class, uh, right. tore his knee up last year about this time in a non-contact drill. And mm. he, he, so he had to miss all of last year, which would have been his true freshman year. Uh, he's back now 100%, no limitations. And by all accounts, he's looking good in practice. So we're excited about that. Um, everybody else around here is excited. I know Clemson is, is jacked up with Trevor Lawrence. Alabama has Tua Tungavailoa returning. They're excited. Uh, quarterback I I battle at Auburn. I, Go ahead. I got to tell you, man, I am a little, little intrigued with Clemson. I, D- Dabo and, and, and uh, Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> I, you know, they got it. That program is, it's intriguing. It catches well, you. It, yeah, I, I'll tell you, E, um, what Dabo Sweeney has done over there uh, is nothing short of incredible. Uh, now, I will say this. It does help that they play an ACC schedule mm. um, because, you know, I don't, I quite, it's, it's pretty much impossible for the ACC to be as down as they are at this point for Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, for those teams to just be non-competitive in any way. And then and then the teams like that that may be good at time to time like like a Georgia Tech, you know, they're way 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 down. Right. Uh, Syracuse is is getting better. Um I know NC State is getting better, but Clemson pretty much has a cakewalk through the schedule. But true. regardless, true, true. you know they get there. Um, they and they, you know, they don't. A lot of these teams, you lose one game, you're out of the playoffs. Clemson could still lose one game and be and, and still make the playoff. But with that schedule, I don't see a loss anywhere. But mm. you know, Dabo has brought in his type of player. Um, he and Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, do a great job with what they want to do in bringing in kids that fit that scheme. And, and, and he, they've got it going, man. They really do. They are hats off to them. Won two of the last three national championships, the preseason number one this year. Although I will say, write it down, take a picture. Just like okay. Smokey said, I don't give a what. Okay. 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 I'm not bullish got? on Clemson this year. I'm saying that Clemson will probably make the playoff for reasons that I just explained that I don't really know how they would not. But I think that the poor line of scrimmage recruiting that Dabo has done uh, the past few years will catch them this year. I Uh think when they play uh, specifically in Alabama or a Georgia or possibly an Ohio State in the playoffs, I think that line of scrimmage will be what gets Clemson beat. Even with Sunshine back there, he can't throw the ball laying on his back. And that's, I that's think true. that's that's my <laughs> prediction. You know, if you're if you're a Clemson fan, hey, remember I said it and, and on January the 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 10th or 8th or whatever day the national title game is on, if I'm wrong, hey, get on get on your social media and blast me or text me or call me and say hey, 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 hey. but I think I'm going to be right here, Eric. But but regardless, they've done a tremendous job. Um, I don't know. I got a feeling about Sunshine, man. He's he's got that Destin thing going on. I don't. And you know, I might it might be the optics that I'm that um you know just just overwhelming me a little bit. Also, I got a connection down there. I, our ex president is the president down there, Jim Clemens. Okay. From, okay. Yeah. Our, he's he used to be our West Virginia 
president, and he was an awesome president. He's a great president. Not saying Gordon Gee. Gordon Gee's a great president too. Um, but but Jim Clemens, uh, he was special to us. He he really and uh, uh, he's down there at Clemson. And when I saw him on that national stage getting that trophy, I was like, that's pretty daggone cool. Right. But something about Sunshine, man. It's something about him, yo. Oh, like, he's special. He's special, like, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing him play. Obviously, he played over at Cartersville High. Um, and this is a kid that he started as a freshman. Um, if I remember correctly, he won a state championship as a freshman. And so you knew, uh, you were aware of him his entire career. He was one of those kids that grew fast. I mean, I think he was six, three or four as a freshman in high school. And then, you know, he ended up topping out at six, six and always a great field general, always able to get the ball where it needed to be, made the right decisions. He's athletic enough to get out of trouble. Uh, he's, he, you know, I don't think there's any doubt in a couple of drafts, he's the number one overall pick, uh, uh, but, and, and just, you know, by all accounts, again, a special young man, a good quality young man, um, that's, that's already done. You say he's a destiny thing. He's already, uh, you know, won the national title. I don't know what else he can do. (laughs) You know, he can win another one. And I think the football gods, they, they give him favor. Yeah, just like just like they did Tim Tebow, I guess, huh? <laughs> they did at Florida. They, they whatever Tebow wanted at Florida, he got it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Florida, I did want to one of the deal, one of the topics that's been we've been discussing here. Um, I don't know if y'all heard anything about it up there, but a kid named Brenton Cox, who was a top ten, top fifteen player in last year's recruiting class. Um, Signed with Georgia, came in, played. I think he played in 13 of the 14 games last year. Mm. Had a few tackles. Had I think he had a sack. Um, he may have actually started one of the games, but you know was expected to be a real good player. He just never seemed happy here. Uh, there was, you know, there were rumors that he was a malcontent, that he was a troublemaker, that that his teammates didn't like him. And you know, I'll just be honest, Eric. We, we all know that every rumor has a bit of truth to it. Um, and just out of the blue, like the third day of camp, they, they, they said that he quit the team and was allowed to withdraw. Some people say that Kirby smart kicked him off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll let these, let people debate that. I heard from some of my sources over there that there was an altercation, uh, and that Kirby did indeed kick him off. Um, but nonetheless, he transferred to Florida uh, a couple of days later, and he is going to try to file to acquire a waiver from the NCAA to be eligible to play this year. After having started camp at Georgia, he's trying to go to Florida and and be a Gator. I guess in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks, when they line up to play. Mm. Um, I personally think that you know I, I think these kids are just getting out of line with this transferring deal. Um, I know I've heard people from the school that say, you know, well, these kids, they should have the freedom to go and do what they want. These coaches, if they get a better offer, they're jumping. The kids need to go too. you know, I, I disagree with it. There was a, there was a, you know, Alabama had a kid, uh, a Yabi or a Noma, I guess is how he pronounces his name. He transferred, ended up at Houston. Um, there are a lot of the, the, quarterback uh, musical chairs that seem to be going on. One of the things that was just announced, I think, yesterday, Tate Martell, 
uh, did not win the starting job at Miami after having transferred from Ohio State to get away from Justin Fields, who had transferred from Georgia because he couldn't win the starting job. So it's just this huge domino effect. And now that's ridiculous. Well, man, I just, I, you know, what ever happened to fighting for something that you want and not just taking your ball and going home? Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and look, look at the situation with Tate Martell. You were at Ohio State, a place that you chose out of high school. You know, maybe you're happy there, maybe you're not. But you, you say, okay, well, I can't start here. I'm going to Miami. Well, you get to Miami and you're not starting. What's your next move? You, you are you going to transfer again? I don't I don't know. Um, a similar situation with Jacob Eason, a kid that I was closer to being here at Georgia. He was our starter as a true freshman. Right. The next year was injured uh, just a few plays into the first game of the season. I actually was at the game. Um, was injured, had a knee injury that knocked him out about four weeks. Jake Fromm, a true freshman, came in, and we know the end of this story. Um, after the, you know, Jake Fromm led to an overtime national championship game loss, which we very, very, very easily could have won. Um, and and Jacob Eason saw the handwriting on the wall. It was Jake Fromm's team. So he transfers to Washington. Well, he sat out the year. He didn't apply for the waiver. He sat out the year. Now he's in a battle. You know, it's not a given that he's going to be the quarterback at Washington. So, you know, I think if these kids would stay in battle, with with what they know it's like the old cliche the grass isn't always greener on the other side right you know and and there's one we used to use a lot in the music business you know well this is you know this guy this company is the devil you know meaning you know it may not be ideal but at least you know this you may go over here you don't know what's happening so these kids up and and transfer and time's ticking i just think if kids would stay somewhere battle be a part of something that that in the long run they would be benefited from that. I don't I don't know your thoughts on that. E. What 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 are you thinking about things like that? Well, I'm connected to it. I see I see a, a little bit of both sides, and well, some is from experience. But I, I my general statement is I, I do like what you said. I think there's something. I think you're losing a le- um, a learning lesson with these kids by um, with commitment, you know, and. Um, you know, you get a, you get through something and you need to commit to it. And you need sometimes you're going to have to fight through adversity to get what you want. Back to plugging the Brian Banks story. But right. uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, my brother, my brother, Gandhi, he, he yes. played for he played basketball for University of Pitt. He played for Paul Evans. Paul. Everybody knows Paul Evans was, a, you know, very a hard, strict, yelling all the time type Bob Knight type coach. And um you know, we, me and my brother talk about it all the time. You know, he transferred. It was a little too much for my brother. And, uh, and he didn't see an opportunity coming his way. And he decided to transfer to University of Hartford, played with Vin Baker, and um, had a good career there and all that. But sometimes me and him talk, and he regrets transferring. Wish he would have stayed at Pitt. Right. Uh, you know, th- things might have went a different way. You know, program was better. And um, if he would have just fought through the adversity. Then there's me. That I I tried out for um, Marshall University basketball, and um you know it wasn't going the way I wanted to, but I ended up getting into an altercation myself, and um, you know it became real tense for me on 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 campus, you know, right. and you know with the help with the help of the coaching staff, 
you know, that's when I transferred to Juco, played Juco ball. Um, but uh, I'm not with the, like, play immediately thing. I think you need to have to, you know, sit out the time, unless it's a special, unique, unique situation. And, it, you know, they could have some type of, you know, judge and jury for that. But overall, I think I think it's something I think there's a lesson being missed right here with, with the commitment. thing. Yeah, I, I do, too. Um, you know, and I, I I was fortunate enough and I, and I do mean fortunate because Tubby Smith and his wife, Donna, are two of the finest human beings on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky. to. Oh, he's awesome. And and Donna, his and Miss Donna, his wife, is just they're both just phenomenal people. Uh I coached their youngest son in Little League football back in Athens, um, when they were at when Cubby was coaching UGA. Donna right. was my team mom. Oh, um wow. and they they were they were like I said, man, they they always there if you needed something. Um, you know, Tubby got me seats behind the the UGA bench when we we went up to play in the Dean Dome. Um, just great people. And, and Tubby had a, a, um, a statement regarding the transfer issue of, of his own, uh, college experience. He went to college at high point back in the early seventies to play basketball, a a smaller school. I think it's in North Carolina. And Tubby was one, I think Tubby was one of two black people on the entire campus. Mm. And he wasn't happy when he got there. He called his dad and said, I'm coming home. And his dad said, um, basically to the effect, well, are they, are they feeding you? Well, yes, sir. Is anybody doing anything wrong to you? Well, no, sir. I'm just not happy. And Tubby's dad said, well, he said something to the effect of, well, you, you, you leave there. You don't have a bed at this house anymore. You best call the army. <laughs> oh, you wow. stay there and fight it out. And Tubby stayed and it worked out. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what I think. A lot of these kids, um, you know, at the at the first sign of adversity, just dip out. And there are situations, uh, you know, a kid goes out of town to school, a family member gets sick, and he, he needs to come home and take care of them. Uh, in fact, right. UGA just right. had a kid right. uh, named Luke Ford, was a tight end, a, a top-rated tight end. A, a five, I think he was a five-star player, top 50 player in America uh, in last year's freshman class uh, from – Illinois, I think he was, but he came um, and sometime during the season, his grandfather became sick and he, he was a close family uh, guy and he wanted to transfer back home to be closer to his ailing grandfather. And so his grandfather could see him play. Mm-hmm. The NCAA denied his waiver for eligibility. OK, the NCAA on the other side, speaking of Justin Fields, they granted his waiver. Justin mm. Fields' reason for leaving is he couldn't start. Luke Ford had a legitimate reason. Now, Justin Fields, and, and you know, kudos to Justin's lawyer because there was a situation at a, ba- at a football game where a baseball player had gotten drunk in the stands and when Fields went, in, or, or as, as Fields was going in the game or they wanted him to put Fields in the game, he was referring to Fields and using the N-word what? In, the, in, in the stands. Now, the account of the story is that it wasn't in a malicious, racist tone. It was like speaking of his buddy, okay? Right. I won't get too deep into it, but you, you, I think you kind of, everybody can follow what I'm saying. He wasn't, you know, 
it wasn't something from like 1960s Mississippi burning. It was more like, hey, put my buddy in the game. But he was using other terminology. Still unacceptable. Unacceptable. And so the kid was immediately kicked out of school, obviously off the baseball team. Um, and he apparently he and Justin knew each other. Mm. Well, Justin lawyered up, went to the NCAA and said because of that racial incident, he did not feel comfortable on campus. Now, that was complete garbage because Justin's sister was a, is a freshman softball player this year, a really talented softball player. Mm. Guess where she's in school, Eddie? <laughs> At UGA. Wow. If you felt unsafe and uncomfortable on campus, your little sister's not going to that campus, brother. <laughs> but, you know, so that, and that's the NCAA, and they're just whacked out, you know, thinking. They, they, they don't let Luke Ford play, who goes home for a legitimate reason. He goes home. Justin Fields goes away from home. He's from an hour from UGA. He moves 10 hours away and is able to play immediately. So I disagree with it, man. Um, you know, I, and I realize, you know, a lot of it's parents and, and everybody's thinking these kids are meal tickets. They're looking at these, you know, seniors and fresh seniors in high school and freshmen in, in college, like they're hamburgers. And they, the only thing they can see is dollar signs. This kid's going to the league. So I got to get him to the league as soon as possible. NCAA looking at it like that too. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. They, no they, doubt. Want, the, they want, they want that top talent. They want that top talent on the field as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. That's them that, you know. That well, especially dis, for, you know, and it's a functional organization. Yeah. Don't think it's ironic that Ohio State got the transfer and it's, Illinois did not get the transfer. There you go. Right. There you, um, go. you know, Georgia actually had a kid um, transferred out when the coaching change happened. Jonathan Abram was a safety, had been recruited from Mississippi, uh, got playing time for, for UGA. Uh, but when Mark Rick was fired, Kirby Smart was hired, he transferred back to Mississippi State, and it ended up working out for him. He was a first-round draft pick of the Raiders, who was on, and, and now is one of the kids on um, Hard Knocks. Were you able to check out Hard Knocks last no, night? No, he's not one of the kids, Bobby. He's the star of the show. Well, he, he's, they, they, yeah, he's, he's, he's the one of the star stars. He's of, one of the no, stars. No, he's still in the show, bro. What he said, when he looked at Derek Carr last night, and he said, "He said I didn't eat. I didn't eat all day. I've been waiting for this." Derek Carr took him out to eat for lunch. You know, quarterbacks took out the rookies to eat. Yes, yes. And he said, uh, "He said you ain't gonna play." He said, "If my daddy was making one twenty hundred twenty million, I know I wouldn't have to have no hard work ethics." And yes. he said, "And told him, no, my wife fell out the bed when he said, because this is something that goes on with me and my wife all the time. I always say salmon." She'd be like, no, it's salmon. Right. And I'm like, and she has the correct. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'd be like, all right, salmon, salmon, salmon. And when, and when, hey. Man, you from West Virginia, man. It's, it's salmon. Go ahead. It's salmon. <laughs> that's, what, that's how he said it. Because back then, you know how we say it, you know, her name, they used to say, her name's Shad Day. I'm like, no, her name's Sadie. She's Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't know I was recording. Hi there. Didn't mean to interrupt the great hyphen podcast show you're currently listening to. My name is Eduardo Garfield the Bird Esquire. You can call me EG. I'm the host of the number one concert review podcast in the world. It's called Catch the Show. 
and also a member of the incredible hyphen podcast group a collective of podcasters who like to give their takes on the main things going on from life to entertainment and my show is me giving my opinion on some of the highest tours and shows from beyonce to you too see i go to a lot of concerts and have gone to a lot of concerts so it makes sense i have a podcast reviewing concerts and talking about the latest in music related pop culture so go listen to my podcast, catch the show on hyphenpodcastgroup.com or anywhere where podcasts can be heard so you can catch the show. Get, get us the name of the title. All right, now back to the show you were listening to. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I love the boy. And boy, he's aggressive. And yeah. then his and the oh, knowledge yeah. of the horses. I thought A.B. was going to be the, you know, I thought, and A.B. is really good on Hard Knocks. I really like it. But your boy, Jonathan, Yo, I can't wait to see what he do next week. Yeah, he's he's he seems to be one of the personalities personalities yeah. that's standing out. Uh, you know, last night they brought the kid uh, Max Crosby, the defensive end out of Eastern Michigan, more into the fold. Uh, yeah. Featured him a little bit more. They said um, to get cut. You think? I think he may make the team. Well, the the hand injury isn't going to help him. Yeah. But I, you know, he was a fourth round pick. He so they're they're expecting him to play. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the, the, yeah, it seems like the feel good story they're setting up to either make the team and everybody feel warm and fuzzy or right. get cut and everybody be sad is the Keelan Doss kid out of UC Davis, the big wide receiver. Right. I think um, you're right. I, think you know, you're right he, I, I didn't know he was a fourth rounder. I didn't know that. Yeah. Max Crosby was a fourth rounder. Um, you know, and, and apparently has a really big motor. And, and here's the thing you get drafted fourth round out of Eastern Michigan. Yeah. You know, you're you're a pretty good player that sticks out. Um, he hit that he hit that T Pain. Yes, he did. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. <laughs> and he rocked it. He rocked it. He rocked it. He rocked it. He had to, had the whole team rocking with him too. Yep. Oh yeah. I um you know, I will say one of the things I I and I get they have to do it, but you know, last night it was just evident that the show had been really edited. Um, away from the Antonio Brown news. Because, you know, Antonio Brown was the lead story on any NFL story basically for the last week. What's, right. you know, how's his feet? Is he going to be able to play? Then then the helmet thing. Right. You know, but the Raiders, it they just kind of, or, or Hard Knocks kind of skated over it last night. And and they, they had A.B. on there. And like everything was kind of peachy, he's just getting his feet right. Well, there were times last week where the Raiders brass didn't even know where he was. No, that's crazy. He wasn't at camp. They didn't even know where he was. That's uh, crazy. But they kind of skated over all of that, and I, I, I would have liked to have seen some of some of the behind the scenes there, some of the conversations amongst Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock and and some of those other front office personnel, just to to see what they were thinking about that. But I get they, you know, I get they got to. Um, you know, they, they can't let everything out. They, there's some things that just aren't meant for public consumption. Um, right. and I get it, but overall, man, I'm just, I'm on it. I'm going to be honest with you. He like, I, so far after two episodes, this hard knocks is probably at the bottom of the list for me, uh, when comparing it to the other seasons, uh, maybe it'll well, pick up week three. I, I don't know. Cause you're coming off our Browns. I mean, right, right. You know, we had major, major drama last year with my Cleveland Browns. And, right. But I did enjoy the show. I, I really, I liked, um, I really liked the connection with him and Sean McVay. That was right. a real cool, cool um, insight. Yeah. You know, right. seeing that and they, that the fact that they had footage on them together, uh, McVay and the story of McVay coming in under, um, 
under Gruden, no pay, just wanting to learn. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and we'll see how that one ends up, you know, how week three goes. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know, and, and Gruden is just is gold. Gruden is much watched TV, you know. Right. Uh, and to see him continue to interact with these kids and these veterans, you know, like Peterman and uh, Glennon, Last night, just seeing him get on them is is priceless. Um, yeah. And and like, these kind of stories are all over the NFL in preseason. Um, one I know is close to you, uh, being a, a Brown. And and this is just this this is just great, man. The the Damon Sheehy Giuseppe uh, story. Oh, tell me, man. tell me. So tell me, what's the in Brown's country, man? What what are people saying about this kid that and this? the path that he's taken to now being on an NFL roster and having returned a punt 86 yards uh, on television in an NFL preseason game. And what are people thinking about that guy up there? Oh, man, we love I tell you like this, you know, the minute we found out, I got a text from, you know, we got a group text, me and my um, my brother-in-law, my brothers, my cousins, you know, all those Browns followers. We got a nice little group text. And when we found out that – um. Callaway got um, suspended for four games. Right. First thing I texted was Sheehy time. Sheehy. But uh, it, the story is awesome, man. The story is just great how he, you know, slept in his car, you know, was persistent, followed, followed people to camps to camps, did his research on Alonzo Highsmith so he could right. find out what he looks like, took his last dollar to, to pay the entry, the entry fee into the to the workout camp and find and, and once he gets in, he sees him, beeline straight to him, goes over there and sells himself, you know, and 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 works his way in, gets a tryout, you know. The fact that he's 26 years old, he's been he hasn't been playing football for a couple years and still has 4.340 speed right. is that's pretty impressive. Right. But it's you know, it's back to the Brian Banks thing, man. These kids, you know, and also to the transfer thing that we're just got finished talking yes. about. No, this is kid. These are kids who just coming up with obstacles and, and adversity in front of them, and they have to work through that. That's well, that's a, the, the, his story is one of the best stories like that. Oh well, well, and you know he has literally been all over the country trying to get on. Yeah, you know he's he's been everywhere at, at tryouts, at, at arena football, at minor league football. He's been everywhere just trying to get a shot, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of kids just sit at home and and talk about what they're going to do and expect for opportunity to come and beat on their front door and kick the door in. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And for this kid to go all, I mean, I hope he makes the team. Yeah. Uh, But regardless, he's, he's, he's doing well. He's putting film out. Hopefully he can create a a little career for himself because he deserves it, man. With somebody that grinds like that, man, you deserve to, to win. Um, yes, you do. Just yes, you to do. you know, go to just tuck your pride, live in your car, drive all over America, and you know people in his his friends and family are saying, "Man, just give it up, get a job, man." Yeah. And he still follows his dream. Uh, and he actually, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you just nothing comes to dreamers but sleep. But you know, to to you, everybody can have a dream, but you've got to have action steps to achieve that dream. Yep. Yeah, and, I know, and obviously I, he did. I know it very well, Bobby. My first when I when I I told you my little route 
for junior college basketball. So I played yes. junior college basketball after trying out for Marshall. Got a got a partial scholarship to Salisbury State University for basketball. So I travel up there, you know, to get ready, going to my dorm, moving to my dorm. I walk into my coach, uh, Coach Lambert, Salisbury State University basketball coach, and um, he looks at me and says, "Your dorm's not ready." And he has he has no um has no solution for me. Actually, he didn't even look into it. I I'm, I'm gonna let you know right now. Me and my coach Lambert, we didn't have the greatest relationship. But uh, my first week of college at Salisbury State University, I slept in my car. Right. My, that whole first week, I slept in my car, and uh, you know, I could have came home. Yeah. You know, my mom wanted me to come home. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like I was like, Nah, mom, I'm gonna stick this out and get through it. It's hard, man. You know, if you want something, you got to go for it. You got to dig. You got, if you really want it, you got to go for it. It's just, and you know, all I could think about was, you know, when my, I was young, my mom, all the little stories. Um, when my mom, she used to do things like this, take the TV out the room, read, read right. books. And what I would read, I would read on Franco Harris. I would read on Lynn Swan. I would read um, um, Golden Richardson and, and, and Roger Starback. Those are the books I used to read. And 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 just hearing some of the things they used to do. I know I'm going off on a tangent, and it ain't about me. But I'm just saying I can re relate because I've I've done that. I've been there, and not everybody's going to do that. Well, and, and I think you're, you're right. And and more and more people, you know, these days, since everyone lives on and for social media, you just see the end result. You never see what it took to get there. Yeah. And, you know, people think that Drake just fell out of bed and was, you know, this this platinum rapper that, that Future fell out of bed. They didn't see Future for, you know, the better part of 10 years struggling around Atlanta, just trying to hang out with the Dungeon family and Rico. You know, Rico, uh, uh -huh. Wade and, and Future are cousins. And uh -huh. so they were real close. But, you know, for all that time, nobody saw that. Right. And I think these kids now, uh, it's instant gratification. And that's just not reality. Same thing with football. They think that guys just fell out of bed and, and you know, Dak Prescott's the quarterback for the Cowboys wanting $40 million. Mm. You know, that that's not reality. And, you know, and it's the guys that we're talking about, you know, like the Damon Sheehy's that are going to ultimately be the winners in life because they are, are chasing what they want. No holes barred. Yeah. And, um, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that, that he's been able to have some success. I hope that success continues for him. Uh, and I'm anxious to see what, what, you know, what he can do, what impact he can have, uh, this week when they play. Yeah. I, he's a fan favorite, but honestly, I, the, the, the story one went viral. So I think he's a, a football fan favorite. I right. think everybody, oh, no doubt. Anybody, anybody who loves football loves that story. No doubt. No doubt. Now, speaking of Dak. <laughs> What's your feelings about that? I heard you. I heard a little bit in your voice, but I kind of got a feeling. What you feeling about that forty million he's trying to get? Well, you know, Eric, I think a, there are a lot of NFL teams, especially at the quarterback position, that are somewhat held hostage. Mm. You know, if you have a a, top, a true top notch quarterback, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers, a Ben Roethlisberger, obviously you pay them top quarterback money and you're happy about it right but then there are these guys that are just middle of the road guys and that's kind of what i would classify Dak as right but 
when it comes time for them to get paid, they want to get paid as a top guy. Mm. And the problem that these NFL teams have is I don't want to lose this average quarterback because I may not be able to replace him with an average quarterback, but I definitely don't want to pay him like a top quarterback. Cause quite frankly, he's not. And, and, it's a catch twenty two for some of these guys. You know, I, I, the I one mean, I can he, liken he it got, to. He, his stats are right there with Carson Wentz. Well, if you think Dak Prescott is is on par with Carson Wentz, no, I, I got I got I some beachfront property I, in Kansas for you. I don't, I don't, I don't. But you know what Jay Z say? Numbers don't lie. Well, if you put Carson Wentz behind that offensive line and with Ezekiel Elliott, and for the first um, couple years with um. Bryant and um, um, Coop, Amari Cooper, things may be a little bit different. But I'll, the one that really sticks comes to mind is is Joe I, Flacco I with the Ravens. You know, Joe Flacco. That he, you know, his thing was, I'm going to gamble on myself. I'll let my contract play out. I'm not going to re up at what they want to re up me for. I'll play this season. And thanks to Ed Reed, um, Ray Lewis and company. The Ravens won the Super Bowl that year. Now, now, again, pro tip, it was not because of Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is, is, is an average quarterback, may, may even be below average. He probably is below average. But because he was the quarterback, won the Super Bowl, the Ravens had to pay him top quarterback money. It did not go well. Right. And that's the situation I think the Cowboys are in at this point. Um and we'll see how how they end up working it out. I mean, he won't get anywhere near the forty million, um, but but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see the number they come to. Right. Well, I tell you what. Speaking of the Ravens, because um, Bart Scott on first take the other day, he had a really good theory on this. I thought it was really cool on um, this because he was talking about that Flacco situation. But he was talking about when Flacco did get his contract. And they wasn't able to re-up a couple of the players on the Ravens. And after they won that Super Bowl, they, you know, they kind of like went downhill a little bit. Right. And then he compared it to Russell Wilson, how Russell Wilson did it. You know, it's like he's like what he think Dak needs to do is to like put more stock. And it's also kind of like what Tom Brady does. It's the long game. It's the right. long game. You know, get more credit, get more things on your resume, more wins, and and um, dump, then you'll get paid twice you know russell right. wilson this is his second big contract you know what i'm saying but it's because he produced he got they had that super bowl they stay in the, you know they stay winning so it's you know get out there produce show what you can do first get then get that get get that one contract and then you might be able to get another contract right because if you stay winning you stay winning you'll stay you'll be able to get that contract but if you don't if you take all the money now and you can't sign no real talent beside you and you can't execute and you don't win, who's the first person they're going to look at? Yeah. The quarterback. Yeah. They're going to look and, at the quarterback. And I think that's a lot to do with You said it best. It's it's looking at the long game. Uh, like Brady's done forever was, was make sure that the Patriots are in a position to have good linemen, good defensive linemen, to put pieces around him that they need uh, without him. Because you take, you know, the difference in how Brady does his contract, he probably saves the Patriots – 10 million plus dollars a year in salary cap money. Well, yeah. for 10 million dollars, you know, that's the difference in a couple of really good effective offensive linemen as opposed to just dudes off the street making league minimum. Dude, and that that could be the dude, difference dude. in a Super Bowl title and and 8 and 8. 
Look, you know that one on that Martha's Vineyard trip? We had to fly into Boston. You go in the Boston security gate, and they got all the banners. Celtics, Patriots, Bruins. You know, it's an awesome thing to see, but it's also a disturbing thing to see. You know, I'm right. like, you know, because, you know, Patriots, I mean, it's just ain't fair. But, man, the proof is in the pudding there, man. They, it's, that system works, man. It's putting, you know, they got banners. Banners after banners after banners after banners. Yeah. And and this the way that Brady plays his contract, the way Brady does his contract, did, think about it, man. When it's said and done, Brady's going, man, that's just, that's that's when the real money going to come in. Right. You, and, and Dak, he got the star on his helmet. Emmett, right. from what I hear, Emmett, uh, um, we know your boy Irvin, and uh, um, who was the QB with them? Aikman, Troy Aikman. Aikman. They got businesses all through Dallas. They right. run tech. They run Texas. Right. Well, and not only, but that they, Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, like, yeah, you're, once you do something like that, then you pretty much get a pass to do whatever you want to in that region or in that state. And, yeah. you know, it, it's hard for, you know, and I think a lot of these guys are driven by the agent, obviously, because the agent won't share in whatever money, um, Dak Prescott makes when he's 50 owning some, some five guys restaurants. The agent right. won't share in that. The agent's trying to get max money right now to, for one to make it so he can earn the max commission, but so he can also go and tell other clients, Hey, look, or other potential clients, Hey, look, this is what I got for Dak. I can get it for you. Right. And there's, there's a lot more going on. Uh, a lot of times when we hear what players are wanting and asking for, it's not the player at all. It's just his agent. Right. Um, and, and I, and I do think they're doing a hard. I think they're going. I think they're going high to get me well, sure, to find sure. the middle ground. I don't think. I don't think it's really forty that they want. I think they. You know, that's the number they throwing so they can go lower. Sure. But uh. Sure. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. So tell me, E. We um. I know something. We we we've talked about LeBron, in some past episodes. Um. Tell me the, the NCAA last week. NCAA now. Um put a rule in effect where any agent that dealt with college players that were going to dip their toe in the NBA draft had to have a bachelor's degree. Mm. And LeBron came out um, implying that it may be a racist type of thing uh, against Rich Paul and is trying to freeze Rich Paul, his agent and longtime right-hand man out. Uh, the NCAA recently this week, I think it was Monday, rescinded that. Um, uh, I personally, you know, I think if you're licensed with the, the sports league, with the NBA or NFL or MLB as an agent, right? whether you've got a college degree or not, if you're licensed by them and you represent players and you do those players a good job, um, I don't think the NCAA should, should step up and try to dictate who a player can or cannot sign with for representation. I, I'm pretty sure you have some strong opinions on this. What, what, what are your thoughts? I'm anti-NCAA. It's a dysfunctional organization. Sure. They need to be, it needs to be destroyed. That's how I sure. feel. You Agreed. know, me and you had, I think we had to talk off, um, off, you know, on the side. We talked about it before, man. I think, like, I can't wait to these days, these schools just take it over and be like, hey, we don't need them, you know? And that, that day them. is coming. That day will come. Trust me. It's coming. But at least, at least they are seeing the light. At least NCAA are seeing the light. Cause that that amazed me. I, that's something I thought I would never see them, you know, turn over something like that and turn around because they're getting backlash like that. Right. So, 
You know, because if they want to exist, if they want a, ch a chance to exist, they have they have to get ahead of the curve. They have to they have to jump on board. They have to become, um, especially with basketball, because the NBA is such a players league, such right. a players league, and the NCAA is not a supportive um, athlete student athlete um, organization. You know, they try to say they are. They they hide behind that that facade, but they're not. They're not. Right, they're, right. they're business. They're a big money making business. They got a lot of old time relationships up in there, and they used to being they used to having their power, but they see they're losing their power. So at least they recognize that, and maybe some things will change. But honestly, I don't see no need for them, Bobby. I just don't. No, well, and, and ultimately, what's going to happen is these conferences are going to get together, and basically just tell the NCAA that your services are no longer needed. Um, you know, the NCAA again, there are. 300 something division uh, FBS FCS schools that play, you know, not everybody does football, but you know, plays a sport of some sort. And then you add the division two, the division three teams, uh, programs in there. It's just too much for them to try to, to govern. Yeah. Um, the NCAA may remain in effect to govern the smaller schools with the smaller budgets, but the teams, the programs that stir the drink, uh, the USC's, the Notre Dame's, the Alabama's, Right. They they are going to form their own uh, governing body, and um and and run things the way that they collectively want to run them. That's that day is coming, um yeah. and and quite frankly, when it gets here, I'll I'll rejoice because I'm, you know, I, I think well, I don't think there's a person in the America that is is happy with with what the NCA has done over time. No, no, no. So, well, e good uh good episode was this episode four. Episode four, bro. Episode four is in the books, man. Thank everybody for joining us. Um, looking for for us, please interact with us on on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm easy to find on all of them. Uh, just Bobby Stamps, my name at Bobby Stamps. Um, Monster, tell them where you at. I'm on Monster Long. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, all that under Monster Long, and that's M-O-N-S-T-A-L-U-N-G. We also have a Facebook page for this podcast. It's called The Monster and the Man on Facebook. You can go right. join that. And make sure you join that and subscribe and like, and please share this with all your friends. Yeah, please do. Yep. I want to um, e also say a big thank you um, to my good friends over at um, Davidson's Reserve Whiskey. They have oh. a whiskey. They have a whiskey and they have a bourbon. Okay. Real good stuff. Um, they also and then also the same family Pickers Vodka. Uh, okay. Pennington Distillery is the uh, company in Nashville, a, a small family-owned company. I think they only employ about fourteen people total. Oh, so um, really hands in on that. Exactly. So be on the lookout for them uh, if you if you stop at your liquor store. Um, looking for a good brown liquor? Pick up the Davidson's Reserve. If you're looking check for, that out. for good vodka. Trust me, trust me. My wife will tell you I'm a bourbon snob, and this <laughs> Davidson's Reserve Tennessee whiskey is as good as there is. The Pickers vodka. I've I've given that to a lot of my friends that are vodka people. Right. Everybody raves about it. So when you when you go out looking for something like that, 
give them a shot and know that when you support them, you'll be supporting uh, small business. You'll be supporting hardworking American families, which is, and, and you know, it, I think that small business is the backbone to America. Yes, sir. I agree. So, so everybody give them a, give them a look and, uh, Hey, let's get together next week. I'm going to next week. We're going to come with some of the college and pro football, especially college. We'll come with some prop bets. Uh, for those of you guys that want to make make a little wagering this year, we'll, we'll look at some season win totals. Look at some uh, conference title odds, some national championship and playoff odds. Um, give you a little bit of a little bit of advice and, and possibly help you grow your bankroll a little bit there. No doubt. I'm going to help you with fantasy, too. Exactly. If you need some, you need, some need to look at some sleepers and and and, and see who uh because we got a bunch of drafts coming up soon. A couple of weeks, everybody will be drafting. Uh, we'll we'll have some tips on that too. Nice and and like I told you guys in the previous episodes, listen to what Monster Lung says about the fantasy. He is a fantasy guru. He's been doing it for a long time. He's been winning a lot of titles and a lot of money for a long time. Y'all listen to what he says and and uh win your fantasy league this year y'all win the belt or the helmet or the ring or whatever it is y'all give each other that's right that's right bobby's always a pleasure brother he enjoyed it man i can't wait the next week let's do it again thanks everybody and, and looking forward to hearing from everybody the following has been filtered to remove all ego to provide the best quality material for listeners thank you on behalf of the hyphen podcast group my name is Miles Amadeus Prower. I have what I believe is a pretty cool podcast that you probably never heard of. I Black Man Podcast is a view of a white world, seen with the aid of a black light and a little humor to help you cope. So check out the I Black Man Podcast on iTunes and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure!